This is 105.9 The Region, and you're listening to Discovery, the radio show for podcasters. Your content, unfiltered. This is Discovery. Hello, I'm Cal Steiger, and welcome to Discovery. This week, we have another trio of podcasts by students in the radio broadcasting program at Durham College. This week, we feature an episode from Puckluck with Luke Shields and Mitchell Pellerin, who discuss their predictions of the upcoming NHL playoffs. Following that, we flip to the world of video gaming with a focus on a certain esports team on the Kings of the North podcast. Then, Selena Travis sits down with a few guests to talk about how Christianity affects society. First up, Puckluck. Hey there, and welcome to the Puck Luck Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Shields, and I am here joined by my co-host, Mitchell Pellerin. How are you today, Mitch? I'm good. Uh, what's going on, guys? Big uh, podcast today. You know, uh, let's get into it. Yes, with uh, Stanley Cup playoffs around the corner here, uh, we're going to get into just some uh, predictions and such, and we're going to be kind of just trying to do our best to predict the future, I guess you could say, on uh, on how the playoffs are going to unfold. So, um, yeah, we'll... Just go ahead and get right into it with our first point. So, Mitch, um, right now it's kind of crunch time of the season. There's a lot of teams who are on the border of getting in and not getting in. So uh, I just want to get your thoughts on uh, out of those kind of bubble teams, who do you think gets in and who doesn't in the East and the West? I'm going to start with the East. Uh, it's really tight right now with Pittsburgh. Um, that's my team. I'm a big Crosby guy, so been watching the Penguins. Their game's on right now, actually, but they're down one nothing to Ottawa. But, yeah, they're, I think they're one point up on – I forget who it is, but they're only one point up. So it's been in the scary hours now for them. So I, I, I hope they do make it in because Pittsburgh in playoffs, you can't really beat them yeah. back-to-back chance. But, uh, yeah. yeah, there's just a bunch of teams just on the fringe there, that, like you said, that uh, they hope make it in. Um what about you? You got any thoughts? Yeah, so for the East especially, the top half is kind of set already, but uh, I know towards the bottom, like towards the wild card spots, it's quite a log jam down there. Uh, a lot of teams trying to jockey for positions, so Pittsburgh obviously being one of them, uh, as you mentioned. Yeah. I know the Islanders are are right around that, that bubble too of getting in and maybe not getting in. I know they've been kind of hitting their stride lately. Um, so I, I'm also, I'm also a huge Crosby guy, and I also like the Penguins. They're one of my favorite favorite squads, so I would like to see them get in. Um, you know, like I said, it's pretty tight for the last couple spots. Uh, so right now it's held by the Islanders and the Penguins. Florida is right around yeah, there I'm too. Look, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, so, so I so would like I... to see Pittsburgh get in. As far as another team that I would like to see get in, I would love to see Buffalo get in. The Sabres, they are yeah. six points back with yeah, uh, back, 13 games awesome. left, 13 games left. So Washington's right around there too, but they ha- only have 11 games left um, with five points, five points back. So I, I don't see them getting in. I think their window's kind of closing, but I think Buffalo's is just starting to open. So I think I would like to see Pittsburgh get in there. Um, I wouldn't mind the Islanders, but Buffalo is really a team that I have my eye on and a team who I would like to see get in. I, um, so head to the West now. We'll just kind of... Uh, Breeze by the West pretty quick. The West is a crapshoot. Um, all the good teams this year are out of the East. So as far as teams looking to get in in those last couple spots, Calgary um, is four points back. 
of Winnipeg, who is Winnipeg's really struggling right now with only 11 games left. Um, I think they've only won like yeah. four of their last 12 or something like that. So not great for them. Nashville has kind of turned it on after the trade deadline. They kind of unloaded all their pieces, but they've turned yeah. it around. They are, it shows here to be five points back. The Western Conference, they just don't do it ever. Like, yeah, I feel like they just I, like, don't really have strong teams. A majority of the worst teams in the league are to the West, like San Jose, Chicago, and Anaheim, and Arizona are three of the worst teams, in, four of the worst teams in the league who are in the West. So it really comes down to Calgary and Nashville for the last couple spots. See, right now, the yeah. last two wildcard spots, Seattle is in the first one with 83 points. Winnipeg is in the second with 81. Um, I'd like to see both those teams get in. I, I like the run that Seattle's put. Yeah. I agree. Um, but yeah, yeah I think it's probably going to be those two teams, Seattle and, and Winnipeg. Yeah. So, all right. So now we'll move on to our next point here, which is uh, our favorites to make it to the cup final out of each conference, the East and the West. So um, I'll let you go first on this one. Yeah. I'm going to start off with the East here. As much as I want to say Boston, um, I think I'm going to have to stick with my guns. I've been saying this ever since like the, Rumors first started with Patty Kane, the Rangers. Yeah, they look good. Their team's loaded. Like, think about, so they got Zibanejad, Panarin, Adam Fox, Patty Kane, Shesterkin and Nett, um, Chris Kreider, um, Truba on defense. Like, I I can't even think of half the guys. Like, that's seven guys right there that are, like, I I would say all-star caliber players. Yeah. How about the West? Like, the West? The West is tough. I really want to see. I don't want to. I, I'm kind of sick of the back to back. So I do like Colorado, but I don't really want to see it. They're turning it on I'm right now, torn, I will say. I'm torn between LA and. Ooh, actually, no, I changed it. I'm Dallas and Edmonton. Those are my two picks just because I want to see McDavid do good. Yeah. And Dallas also. Yeah, he needs to have a cup. Like, he's the greatest yeah. player of our generation by far. So for me, um, I'm going to do two from the East because I'm a diehard Leafs guy. I really want to see them get out of the first round and I really want to see them make a run. And I think, I truly do think this is not biased that if they do make it out of the first round, that they could have potential to go on a deep run. I think they could be dangerous if they get to the first round. So I'm going to say the Leafs is one. Obviously I kind of have to. Yeah. Um, second, Hard not to say Boston, I think, for me. Um, it's hard to say Boston as well. I'm not, obviously, being a Leaf fan, it's kind of a rivalry, but I, I got those yeah, two. Sure. Uh, in the West, I got Vegas as one. Vegas, Ooh, yeah. I believe, is at the top of the West right now. Yeah, um, and then I think Dallas as well. I will say, I would say Edmonton, but I think I, I just don't trust, I don't have all that much trust in their goaltending. So I don't know if I'm going to go with them, but yeah, those are my two picks. All right. Last two. Your overall pick to win the Stanley cup, who you think is going to win the Stanley cup. And after that, who do you think is going to take home the Smythe for playoff MVP? Okay. This is tough now. I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know who I want to say. You know what? I'm going to be, I'm going to be a bit different here. I'm going to say Dallas for the cup. I like that. I think Dallas is pretty good too. I, I I have my eye on Dallas. I like their like their makeup. Like they still got they still got Sagan and 
You never know. Like, he could perform in playoffs. Like, it's not like he's a terrible player. Like, he just had a couple off years. But, uh, yeah. Who do you think about Con Smythe? If they win, I'm going to have to go with either Jason Robertson or Joe Pavelski. Yeah, Pavelski's a player. He's grizzled. He's grizzled. Um, my cup pick, there's, again, obviously going to be two. One's going to be who I want to see, obviously. It's kind of uh, – we all know where I'm going with that one. But as far as who I actually see having the best shot, uh, I think it's going to be out of the East. Um, I will just quickly mention the Devils. I don't think they're getting enough uh, enough hype from us. Yeah, I, they, do, they I do like the Devils. Really um, I wouldn't mind seeing them win either. Yeah. I, I'm going to say... I'm going to say the Rangers, actually. I, I was thinking about either them or Boston. I, I don't want to see too. Boston go. Um, I also like the Rangers. They're, they're one of my teams, and uh, it's been a while for them, so I'm going to go with the Rangers. My con Smythe, if they win. It's tough, man. they got a lot of players. I think I it'll be Shosturkin. I think it'll be Shosturkin, yeah. the goalie. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah I, I was going to say I was gonna say New York, and my con Smythe is going to be Zabanagat. Yeah, that's it. They, they have a lot of, lot of choices off that roster. All right, well, uh, that all but wraps up what we got for you guys today. But um, thanks for joining me today, Mitch. And uh, it was good talking yeah. to you. And it's good to get some of your picks and some of your opinions on uh, what p- potentially could unfold here uh, heading into the playoffs. So <laughs> thanks a lot for joining me. Being out, so uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. We'll see you guys next time. Take it easy, guys. Now a story in the esports world with the Kings of the North podcast. Hello and welcome to the Kings of the North podcast, the podcast where we follow Toronto's professional Call of Duty team, the Toronto Ultra. And unfortunately, if you're a Game of Thrones fan, it has nothing to actually do with Game of Thrones. Just a little nickname that the team got once they won a major, considering they're the only Canadian team in the league. So similar to the Raptors with We the North, Kings of the North, just a little nickname. Uh, so let's get right into the major qualifier. So this was Major 3 held in Texas, and the qualifiers start about three weeks previous to it, and Toronto played about five games in the qualifiers. So they started the qualifiers with a loss to Boston, which is a match that we should have won for sure. And then I guess they decided to make a big roster change. So they ended up uh, pulling Standy from the team and pulling up Hixie from the bench. And I guess that they were going for some chemistry boost there because... Standy was a very good player and he was playing really well for us in the first and like the first and second majors of the year. Uh, but obviously we weren't able to take anything home. But yeah, I guess they decided that they wanted the, the chemistry from Scrap and Hixie playing together in Challengers because they did actually win a tournament together in Challengers. Uh, but to round out the rest of the qualifiers, Toronto did end up going 3-2 and two with some big wins against Optic in New York. Uh, teams that we maybe would have expected to lose to, uh, especially right after a, a roster change. Uh, but we didn't. We clutched it out. But we did take a loss to London after the change. So we weren't really too sure how we were feeling. But going into the major, I think the boys were pretty confident because they managed to uh, clinch a winner's bracket position. So basically how the majors work is there are double elimination. So there's two brackets, a winner's bracket and a loser's bracket. So if you're in winner's bracket, you can lose a game and drop down to losers. But once you're in losers, if you lose again, you're out of the tournament. So let's get right into the to round one of the tournament. So in the winners round one, Toronto went up against the New York Subliners, and New York is a very good team. They've been really good for a while on the back of Hydra. Uh, that's their SMG star. He is maybe the best player in the league. 
it's it's I guess it's all very opinionated. Um, but he he's just insane. He he's you know playing in a league with the some of the best Call of Duty players in the world, and he can make them look silly. He can make them look like they're like you know that they're not at the level that they are. Um, but thankfully, Toronto had the, uh, his number in this series. So he, he had an insane performance, but unfortunately wasn't able to solo carry for his team. Uh, Toronto win that series 3-1, to one, and only dropping the first hard point of the series. And it was a close hard point at that. So On to winners round two. Versus Boston Breach. And Boston was one of the teams that did beat us in the qualifiers. Um, so we were looking to get some revenge in this one. Uh, in this series, Toronto do end up winning 3-2, to two, and we drop both of our hard points once again. So, a bit of a losing streak with the hard points so far in this major. They're definitely not looking very clean uh, when it comes to the hard points. Um, but our search and destroyers and our control have always been our strong suit uh, on Ultra. We were kind of known as a Neslo team, which means basically you lose a lot of your hard points, but you still win the other game modes, so you're still winning series anyways. Uh, and that's kind of what we've been known as, but obviously we're trying to change that. We're, we want to win every game mode so we can win every series. Now, the win against Boston Breach puts us into the semifinals of the tournament, which is when things start to get really good. So, winner's bracket finals, we're up against what I would call our rival in the Atlanta phase. So that's historically a terrible matchup for Toronto. A lot of the times we'll, we'll do super well in a tournament, and then we'll end up facing phase in the semifinals, and then everything just goes terribly for us. A lot of the times they'll take us out in the semifinals and then we either have to watch them win the tournament or watch them lose the tournament, which, you know, neither feels good uh, being the team that lost to them. Uh, so to start off the series, map one hard point once again and Toronto just keep their, their pattern going and we lose the hard point, 250 to 197. So not the worst score in the world, especially up against FaZe, who is an extremely strong hard point uh, team. But, yeah, can't, once again, can't break the, the map one hardpoint loss streak. Uh, going into the search and destroy, FaZe was actually on a 15 search and destroy win streak uh, coming into this matchup uh, because FaZe did end up winning the previous major, Major 2, um, and they won that starting that SND win streak. Uh, and then they continued that uh, going through the qualifiers and obviously brought it right into this major. But thankfully for us, uh, we were able to, to, to snap that win streak uh, out of 15. So I think that, uh, that kind of rattled FaZe a little bit for the rest of the series. Because uh, going into map 3, the control, Toronto just looked phenomenal. We took them out 3-1 to one in that map. And that was on the back of Scrappy, who was absolutely playing his mind out with the AR. He, he was doing things on a, with, the, with the assault rifle that you, know, you would only see SMG players do. Uh, jumping into the jumping into the hill, hip firing the SMGs on phase, just absolutely insane. So Toronto take that, and then in an insanely close map four hardpoint, Toronto are able to clutch it up in the final rotation. So the game was literally neck and neck. It was 240 to 240. The next team to get the next 10 points win, and Kleenex was. Um, Quick rotation to the next hill or to the previous hill uh, when there was about 15 seconds left, and he ends up getting a double uh, double kill, and nobody else was able to rotate back to the hill on from phase in time, and Toronto bring that one home three to one in the series with a off of a the huge double kill from Kleenex, and then we get to the grand finals. So hopping into the series, Toronto won their map one hardpoint. Finally, it was about time the boys <laughs> brought home a, uh, a map one hardpoint and in the grand finals nonetheless. So it's a great time to, uh, to really get the focus going. And they brought it home 250 to 152, so a pretty dominating fashion. 
Um, so Toronto, up to this point, they hadn't dropped a search and destroy or a control all major. Uh, so Toronto was really confident going into maps two and three, but we were met with a really unexpected result. So in the map two S&D, Optic just, they had our number and they beat us six to three. It wasn't really even close. Even the, even the rounds that Toronto won, it's like they could have went either way. Uh, as well as the map three control, which was a lot closer than the search and destroy. But going into the map, uh, going into the round five, uh, Optic, they were, they were just able to take advantage. And uh, they ended up bringing that control home as well, bringing themselves up 2-1 in the series. Uh, so, you know, all the Toronto fans were, were sweating at this point because we were used to losing the hard points and winning, you know, the S&Ds and controls. But now it's flipping on us. So really got to focus up. So we go into map four hardpoint and Toronto, you know, they weren't ready to go yet. They were not ready to come second in another major. Uh, and they win the second hardpoint in the same dominating fashion, 250 to 170 to tie the series at two and two. Now, because it's a grand finals, it is the best of seven. So it's going to be first to four map wins. Um, so basically now, now that we're tied two and two, it's a best of three. Uh, so maps five and six were some of the best back and forth COD that we have seen played in years. But... Toronto was able to power through, winning map 5 S&D 6-5. It was an insanely close search and destroy. Literally, at any point in the game, each team could have won the game. It literally looked like a mirror matchup. They were playing so similar to each other, uh, both Toronto and Optic. Uh, but Toronto did clutch it out in the round 11 in the search and destroy to put themselves up 3-2 in the series, which takes us to the map 6 control. One of the greatest maps if not the greatest map that we have seen so far this year in Modern Warfare 2. Another insanely close control. It brings it all the way to the round five, final round of control. Toronto's up 3-2 in the series, and Toronto did not take their foot off the gas. The fifth round of control was completely purple. Toronto absolutely took over in that round, getting rid of all the stress for all the Ultra fans. And finally, Toronto became major champs. Scrappy had 16,000 damage in this final, absolutely popped off and brought himself home with the Major 3 MVP trophy. And being a rookie and bringing home a major win with an MVP is absolutely insane. But something even more insane than that is our other rookie, Hixie, made history as the first ever rookie to win their first major tournament since 2011 when the King Scumpy did it himself. And so that's 12 years ago that we haven't had that record broken. And finally, Hixie from Toronto Ultra made it happen. So Optic do go home heartbroken, only, only two maps short of repeating their Cinderella story. But as a Toronto fan, we're not worried about that. We are extremely happy. It was an amazing major to watch. So I just want to thank you guys all for listening. I'm Cole Tippett, and that concludes Major 3's King of the North podcast. Until next time, take care. Let's hear from Selena Travis and her chat on Christianity. Hello, everyone. My name is Selena Travis, and I'm with my co-host, David. Hello, everyone. And we are with our guest, Jacob Walda. Hello, everyone. First time on the radio, so I'm excited. So today, we're going to be talking about how does Christianity affect society. And before we get into this, I want to define Christianity from a biblical standard as there are many variations out there. To simplify what our core beliefs are as Christians, we believe that sin separates us from God and having a relationship with Him. So God sent His Son to die on our behalf for our sins and rose again 
three days later so we could be right with God, not based on anything we could do, but based on everything he did for us. And we can have eternity Amen. in heaven with God. So firstly, I would just love to speak about how we came to know God. I'll go first. Um, basically, I came to really know God from experiencing his love in such a real way. The Bible describes God as a perfect father, and I haven't always had a very present father in my life, but I truly encountered God as such a loving father who radically changed my life from hopelessness, depression, and anxiety into a life of hope and purpose and identity in Jesus. Mm. So how have you, Jacob, found God? Well, I grew up in the church, and so I think I would say most of my life was just a religious experience that probably a lot of our listeners have had at some point. Yeah. And it wasn't until my early 20s where I actually encountered, like you did, the love of God, yeah. but then also like the Bible talks about how um, believers today, like through Jesus, will see healing. So I started to actually experience the things that were in the Bible, and all of a sudden it changed everything. I began to experience freedom so and peace and joy and all these things that I'd learned about but never experienced, and that for me was big. What about you, David? Yes, uh, a bit similar to you guys. I grew up kind of in the church, going every now and then. Mm -hmm. And it was actually the power of God that really changed my life. I used to have OCD that was severely tormenting for years mm -hmm. of my life. And you have to take medication for it. And then one moment um, after just praying to Jesus at, at the age of 13, I got completely set free. Other than that, also like encountering the love of God and just things that I could never explain. Like you guys were talking about depression, anxiety, like yeah. things I could have never just woke up and said, hey, I'm not going to be like this anymore. Addiction mm -hmm. set me free in a moment. And I saw that, that wow, Jesus is real. That's so good. Yeah, God has really transformed each one of our lives in such amazing and powerful ways. And we're talking about today how Christianity affects society. And a big way that Christianity affects society is through the individuals in society and transforming mm. their lives. So now I just want to talk to Jacob Walda, who is in full-time ministry currently. He's an evangelist and he's working in Nunavut with Inuit leaders. So Jacob, how have you seen Christianity affect society? Man, I think with when you talk about First Nations people and mm -hmm. that entire conversation, there's a lot of really negative things that we can talk about mm -hmm. you know we could look at residential schools and how you know the people i work with in nunavut a lot of them went there yeah and just so the mistreatment of people and i think when you know we talk about the impact on society it's really easy to just build a framework of like that was only the christians yeah and all christians are like that mm -hmm. the same thing that in society is happening right now is because of the horrific experiences of you know, Inuit and First Nations people across Canada, yeah. their experience of Christianity was kind of being, and now it's being painted the same way that all Christians are like this. Mm -hmm. But it's like, no, like there's so much good things. Like if you think about slavery, like Christian values and the reasons that slavery doesn't exist and there's laws yeah, around that, it's because of Christian true. values. And, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of like our morals and morality comes from the Bible, whether right. people like that or not, it's, it's built on a foundation of scriptures. Mm -hmm. Yeah, That's so good. So how have you seen like individual lives in none of it be impacted by the message of Christianity? I think I've seen and sat down with so many people who experienced what I experienced growing up, which was just religion. Yeah. And that's what happens when religion comes in, it's laws, it's structures, it's patterns. But what they don't do is bring you love, like an experience, freedom or hope. And so now we're seeing and ministering to people uh, who have been hurt by the church in the past, who've been hurt by, you know, quote unquote, Christians mm -hmm. who are now experiencing love for the first time, who are experiencing like total freedom from depression and anxiety kids who are suicidal who are just like freed from that and so the impact is actually based on what god is actually currently doing mm -hmm. in this day and with 
a, a whole group of amazing people. Mm, that's so good. Another way that I was just thinking about how Christianity really affects society is that it restores relationships it restores broken relationships where they're so far apart and there's something that happens where it causes the separation between them whether it's like a father and a, a daughter or a sister and another sister or friend and friend and i've seen christianity really bring people back together and bring them back better than they were before and actually able to love each other again and have a relationship again and i just wanted to ask you guys like have you ever witnessed that or been a part of that like restoration in relationship because of Christianity. Yeah, you know, when you start reading the Bible, you're actually taking it as the word of God. Like this is God's word. I, I have to obey it. It'll kind of sift out the things in you that aren't of Jesus. Mm-hmm. I remember reading Matthew 6, I think it is, or Matthew 5 around there, when it talks about, you know, before you give your gift on the altar, you know, it says, go be reconciled to your brother. And at the time, I wasn't even talking with my brother. And I had to really be challenged by that and be like, okay, I have to go reconcile with him. Mm-hmm. We had a, a fight before became a christian i had never done anything about it since i got saved and yeah now we're, we're talking but like that's how that's jesus so restored a relationship in my life yeah. that's so good i think you know being in the field of um work that i'm in i've had you know a lot of people tell me that i shouldn't go bring the gospel because of the yeah. hurts of the past and i sat down with a young inuit leader and shared with her you know what our plans are and and what we want to do and it's we just want to work with people and tell them the gospel and and basically equip them to go minister to other Inuit. And um, as as I was talking, she said to me, you know, this is true reconciliation. Because mm. the government looks at it like, here, we're just gonna throw more money, you know, we'll give you more freedoms. And it's like, that's not mending broken yeah. relationships. Yeah. And that's just being shown time and time again, things aren't changing. But true reconciliation brings restoration mm-hmm. and it brings transformation. And so yeah. what we're seeing in the Arctic right now is a heap of people who have been transformed and reconciled to Jesus That's so good. just through these kinds of conversations of yeah. like, we're not here to hurt you or harm you. We're here to tell you a really beautiful message. And mm-hmm. we know it's hurt you in the past and let's talk about it. We'll listen. But then we can also bring you into peace and freedom that's found in Jesus. Yeah. And we're not destroying culture. We're not destroying their livelihood. That's valuable and important. Yeah. And we, we honor that. And so now we get to honor people while bringing them into this new relationship with jesus that's so good and it's so good like what you were saying like not dismissing their experiences because they've had these real experiences this real pain and trauma but actually acknowledging it because the bible talks about like we're to carry each other's burdens like we're to comfort those who are hurting and oftentimes people just want to be heard they want to be listened to with compassion and understand that you're actually there for them that you actually do care about them so that in itself makes such a major impact just letting people know like hey i see you i love you i understand what you went through was so painful like i want to hear more about that and i want to i want to show you a better reflection of what jesus is actually like rather than what you've been shown right so that's kind of all we have for today. I don't know if you guys have any other thoughts you wanted to add. Yeah, just uh, I think it's interesting to see, you know, there's actually research on this now yeah. that when Christian values are pulled away from mm. society, there's actually an increase in crime. Wow. And there's an increase in drug use and homelessness and abuse of all kinds. Mm. And so I find it quite fascinating that as now as a Canadian society, we're stepping away more and more from, you know, our Christian roots as you know, the, the country was built on. Yeah. We're now seeing an increase around the entire country of crime and yeah. drug and alcohol abuse and, and all other forms of 
you know, hurt and suffering. And I don't think it's a coincidence mm-hmm. that these kinds of things are happening right now. Yeah, that's so true. I was honestly like just reading how when churches are taken out of specific places, the suicide rates go up significantly. So it's like you said, like where Christian values are taken away, mm-hmm. we see the negative effect of that. Yeah. So thank you guys so much. Thank you, Jacob, for coming on this podcast. We really I'm glad to be it. here. <laughs> and thanks everyone for listening. That was how Christianity affects society. I hope you guys have an incredible day and God loves you so much. Thanks so much for listening. In the previous four weeks, we featured many other podcasts created by students at Durham College. If you missed any, you can find all our podcasts on our website, 1059theregion.com, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Discovery, the radio show for podcasters, exclusive to 1059 The Region. Expand your audience and extend your reach. Send us your podcast, info at 1059theregion.com.